0: Okay, welcome back to the Studio 2209 Podcast. It's been a minute. You still remember the name? Yep. I had to think about it for a second. We've been busy? Yeah, we've been busy. Uh, Last week we had Thanksgiving break. Yes. Because we're still in college. Yes. And we get to not work. Or go go to school. Or go to school. Yeah, it was a good time. Went up and visited the Will's hometown of Reno, Nova. Nevada? Nevada. What? Oh, I'm getting wow. that right. The first we're time we're he's ever said it there. right. We're starting to get there. It just takes a week I'm rubbing in, off in on the you. state. <laughs> but yeah, we took a couple weeks off, haven't put out a pod in a while. We uh, kind of trying to decide the direction of the pod going forward. Last episode was pretty long. It was, I think, 80 minutes when we got done with it. Really? Yeah, it was kind of dry, you know, mid-season grades, the whole grade thing. So. Yeah. I think we're gonna try and keep it a little more upbeat, a little bit more fun than that. Yeah. Trying to have some different segments just to mix up the different takes we might have, so mm-hmm. it's not just summarizing you know, stuff. That's hey, by happened. the way, we watch games. Yeah, because you do that too. <laughs> yes. So we're gonna have yes. we gotta bring something to the table. Um, so today, what we're gonna do? We're gonna do. We're gonna talk a lot of CS basketball. Me and Will have been having big conversation the I last know. couple of days, I running know. on. So we figured we'll put it on the mics for you, um, and then we have two segments. Is he even good? And swallow the mic that we're going to introduce. Hopefully have a couple of those every now and then. Yep. You know? And then uh, finish it off with some picks for the weekend the NFL. Yep. And then finish off with NFL picks. Hopefully this will be about 40, 50 minutes. Yeah. That's kind of what we're shooting for. We're not, we don't want it to be too long. We don't want it to be too short. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll jump into it. All right. C's Celtics.
1: Obviously, we're Celtics fans. Sky high expectations out of the gate after last year's uh, Eastern Conference Finals runs without Kyrie or Hayward, but they've been struggling. And there's a lot of factors, a lot of factors. But
0: yeah, it's been a tough start to the season. We're recording this on a Wednesday, um, November 28th, and they're currently 11 and 10. Yeah, I think so. Right now, I'm not sure where in the East that is. I think it's like six, six or seven. About not good enough. Not where we want it to be, basically. We're not worried yet, though. We're not worried. No, we're not worried, but, I mean, at the same time, 11-10 and definitely means that this team has some things it needs to work out. Yeah, yeah. You know, it hasn't been fluid, you know,
1: reintegrating Hayward into the rotation. I think that's been the biggest challenge. I mean, obviously, me, you, Celtics fans in general, I think kind of underestimated how hard that was going to be to integrate not not just Hayward but two All-Stars back into the offense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And
1: honestly, this conversation even
0: started as early as three weeks ago when we went to the game at the Motor Center.
1: Yeah. When they played the yeah,
0: Zers. That's kind of when we started having this conversation like, what's going on?
1: Yeah, because it was like that. They played Phoenix a couple nights before and they got down early too and they lost to Utah. They've just been losing a few games and they did not look like the team that we expected. They haven't played with, seems to me, they haven't played with the same grit and fire that they did the last few years when they haven't been as. Um. They haven't been as talented as they are now. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: that's definitely something that we talked about, too, is Brad Stevens, throughout his career, whether it's in the NBA or college, has always coached a team that's pretty much a group of underdogs. You know, whether it's Butler making it to the Final Four or, you know, these first couple years in the Celtics when he turned Evan Turner into a very, very rich man.
1: IT into an MVP
0: candidate. IT into an MVP candidate. Had one of the best scoring and efficiency seasons Mm -hmm.
1: we've seen. Yep, you not know, to mention his limitations defensively, and they still made the Commerce Finals.
0: Turn Avery Bradley into a great two way player. You know, not just a
1: you know defensive guard. Jake Rider was even respectable for a little while. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he's not respectable anymore, is no, he? No, not no.
1: people thought he was, but I don't No. I would not put him in that category. That's why you gotta watch the games. Yep. Sorry, Cleveland. Um so, last, um, what was it, Monday or Tuesday? The we Celtics were playing Monday night. They were playing in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brown was injured. He, got, he took a kind of a fall. I think they were playing Dallas last week. No, it's in it back, uh, right? Yeah, it back. It's like a bruised tailbone. But they started Marcus Smart off the bench mm-hmm. for the first time Smart this year. I'm am, I am a huge Marcus Smart fan.
0: Will more so than me. Not that I don't like Marcus, but Will, Will's got a
1: big heart on for Marcus Smart.
0: <laughs> Yeah. If we're being honest. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Bought a sweatshirt the other day. I did. am
1: waiting for those new city jerseys to come a, out a on the wholesale website. Anyways, I think he's exactly what the starting lineup needs right now. He's what the team needs right now. He has the grit, the fire, the passion that they have not played with coming out of the gates. He started one game, and I think you already saw a big, big difference. I mean, they were getting down big to teams like Phoenix, Portland a uh, few weeks ago. Last night, Monday night, they got up 24-11 to 11 out of the gate. I mean, I'm not saying it's a long-term fix, but I think for the time being, right now, he provides the spark that this team needs. And this is kind of where we started to disagree too, because I think a lot of the things when we watch the Celtics, you know, we don't really, we're not too far
0: apart on this.
1: Yeah, usually we usually we agree on. Yeah, usually we're
0: in line in terms of like where the team's at and where we got to go. But this is one place where we disagree. I, you think they should bring Marcus in? Yes. And bench Jalen for the time being and start Marcus right now. Yes. And I disagree. I don't think, I don't agree with that. I'm fine with bringing Marcus in and giving him more minutes because I think his energy and intangibles, like you talked about, is something that we do need for this team. But I think the hit you take with benching Jalen is something that we don't want to get into right now.
1: Are you sure it'd be that bad, though? For a few weeks, Jalen, obviously, Jalen has not found a spot within the offense. He's not shown he's a capable third or fourth option like he needs to be right now. And I think until. I think until he's willing to do that and find a role and adapt into that role, I think the bench with Hayward and Terry, he can be more aggressive and look for his job more. I think that's a better spot for him.
0: My biggest concern, and I'm not saying this is like something that I think is going to happen if we do, but I think it's a possibility that people haven't thought of, is if you bench Jalen, I think there could be this sort of snowball effect where we sit Jalen, he gets upset that he's been put in the backseat on this team, and don't forget, two years ago, Jalen was the future of this team. It was Jalen and then picks with no names attached. So then to have it be two years later and you have him behind Kyrie and Gordon Hayward, who's come back and hasn't even been playing well, but people are still putting priority over him in terms of minutes anyways. And even Tatum, who now Jalen kind of lives in his shadow a little bit. A little bit, a little bit. of Tatum in terms of like national media because all these national media guys look at Tatum and they're like, wow, look at what he can do offensively. He's mm-hmm. a future star. Mm-hmm. And I think Jalen's a future star, but not in the way that grabs the attention yeah. of a star the
1: way Jason Tatum might. I agree with that, but I think I think if Brad sits Jalen down and says, smart's the spark we need in the starting lineup right now, you're a better fit on the bench. And I think if that happens, I don't think Jalen's going to – I think Jalen needs to understand that that's his role on the team. He needs to improve, and eventually he'll get back in the starting lineup.
0: Yes, but also, I think, I mean, you start Marcus, and then what's left in the bench unit? Because Marcus is a playmaker. He, he can run a pick-and-roll, and, roll and yeah. he does good with the bench unit, and that's, you know, something I really like about Jay, uh, Marcus. But if you put Jalen in the second unit, and then you kind of ask him to do, you know, you're almost asking him to do more if you put him in the second unit— and in terms of like playmaking, handling the ball, and I don't think he's ready for that
1: yet. I don't think he is, but I think Terry Terry definitely is. And as Hayward works his way back more and more, he can be a ball handler. And you can even mix Marcus Morris in there. He can handle the ball a little bit. But I think if you emphasize Hayward and Rozier, you're not going to need a ton out of Jalen's ball handling.
0: See, I think before, before we go and we change the starting lineup, I think a couple things have to happen first. I think... Offensively we have to change a little bit of what Brad is doing and I think we've also talked about this too when we're kind of not concerned but we were not sure why it hasn't happened yet in mm-hmm. terms of the offense and I know KOC wrote a piece about this, you know, earlier this week on the Ringer too. So shout out to KOC, Kevin O'Connor. But this is also something we talked about earlier that in terms of the offense, the picks that have been that have been set, you know, typically by Horford And Biggs is, you know, you got guys like Kyrie and Tatum and Jalen coming off screens, and they catch it in the middle of the floor. Mm -hmm. They catch it in the mid-range, and we're getting a ton of open shots in the mid-range. But, as everybody knows, I think now, mid-range shots are the best shot to give up if you're a defense.
1: Mm-hmm. As long as it's not a layup, not a three-pointer. I think
0: that's where we've seen the stat thrown around a lot of times, where Celtics lead the league in open shots, mm-hmm. but they're towards the bottom of the league in open shots made. And I mm-hmm. think that's exactly where it comes from.
1: Yeah, yeah, defenses are very eager to give up those mid-range jumps, especially if it's not Tatum or Kyrie from three or one of those guys finishing.
0: Exactly. So I think one thing that needs to happen is we have to move those screens out, You know, set them at the three-point line or one step above, and then when these guys are coming off screens, you're having them shooting threes instead. So, you know, whether that – it might not help the percentages, but also what that does is it draws the interior defense out and changes help rotations a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you do that as well in the pick and roll, it helps Kyrie in terms of play made, playmaking because when you set those screens out on the pick and roll a little bit farther away from the basket, it makes the defending big man choose, okay, do I want to come up and do I want to blitz the screener? Do I want to hedge or do I want to stay back in the paint and, you know, guard drives? And obviously Kyrie is a wizard, you know, so when he gets to play with a big man like that on screens, it opens up not only his shot making, but playmaking for others. And then that allows cuts behind the help defense behind those next rotations, which Jalen was so good at.
1: I know. I know. We need Jalen from his rookie year, that first year he was in the league with Isaiah, Crowder, Bradley, where he was a wing defender, slasher, make corner threes. That's what we need. But that's not, that's not what we've got. And I think it's more than just fit because everything you just said great, right? But that needs to happen regardless of who's in the starting lineup. That doesn't depend on Jalen. No,
0: think... no it, it, I, I agree with that, but I think when, if we're looking at
1: Jalen as somebody who's underperforming, then I think those tweaks help bring him back to where he needs to be. I I think they would too, but my question is still like you asked. I don't know why they haven't done that yet, but I think it's more than just basketball. I think Jalen a little bit, kind of started feeling himself in the offseason, got a little cocky, which is, which is fine with me as long as it doesn't impact on court performance, but I don't I don't, I don't have a problem with the quote. I just think it's kind of a red flag. I know we talked about it earlier, but when he went on uh, ESPN interview with Rachel Nichols and said, I don't remember what the exact quote was, but something about having five rings before he's 28, I think he came in with a little bit of an inflated head. I think he's not had the same work ethic, the same drive, the same passion as he's had his first two years in the league. And I think right now, if you insert smart into the of people, bring all those things. And then until Jalen, I mean, it could be a little bit of a reality check for Jalen. Jalen might need a little bit of tough love.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree that he needs tough love, but I also think Jalen's a smart guy and he sees all these moving pieces, and that's where I get concerned about, you know, that affecting his morale going yeah. forward, because as we know in the NBA today, it's, you know, if a, a star, even a young star, you look, you're seeing it with, you know, Jimmy Butler recently, like, if mm-hmm. they're upset, they say it, and then, and then shit happens. Kawhi, yeah, I mean, Kawhi, I mean, look at all these the players have that all are the piling leverage. up. Paul George. You know, as soon as AD says he wants to be out of New Orleans, he's going to be gone. I know. Hopefully not until this summer. Hopefully to the Celtics too. But that's a different topic. But basically what I'm trying to say is let's try and keep Jalen, Tatum, and Kyrie as happy as possible because I think those are the three main pieces moving forward. So I think if we want to make a change to kind of spark this team, then maybe we look at – Let's give Smart more, minute, more minutes.
1: Smart definitely should be playing more minutes. I think we both agree on that.
0: Yes, I mean, I think I like him closing games better
1: than I like him starting games. I like him starting games if it's not if it's going to help him not get out of such a lack of physical start and get down by ten points every first quarter. It's so hard to battle back at night in and night out when you're just getting blasted out of the gates like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I don't know. I think in terms of lineup changes, I would. First of all, I don't think Hayward should be in the starting lineup. I agree. I, agree.
1: I, I really don't know why he's playing so many minutes because I actually saw today that since Hayward's moved to the bench, he I figured it was either him or when he's on the oh, it's when he's on the floor, the Celtics have had a net rating of 108 plus 108 or something. Or what's that uh, offensive efficiency rating 108? I mean, really the only thing that he can do
0: to an above-average level right now is shooting off the catch.
1: Yeah, he's an excellent spot-up shooter because that's all he was able to do for the last year while he's been hurt. He can make some plays off the dribble. You know, he can find make good passes, but he's just nowhere near the explosive he's athlete there, he was but, two years ago.
0: Yeah, I mean, like we saw when he got injured, like those plays where he goes and he backdoors and he tries to catch those alley-oop lobs mm-hmm. where it's kind of like this sneaky explosive play for Gordon Hayward. That's not even in his repertoire right
1: now. I mean, he goes up to make layups if there's the least bit of traffic he's looking for someone else to dish to on the corner, which is just not efficient for any offense.
0: No, I mean, he's still in a recovery process. I think that's what people forget is he's playing minutes, but that is still part of the process of coming back from injuries. You know, the first part where you see him, you know, on the practice floor and, you know, the Celtics practice facility putting up you know jumpers and then like shooting around chairs and stuff like that that's all fine and great mm-hmm. and then when you get when he comes back to game time we get all excited We're, okay we have Gordon Hayward back well but well, we, we have the name back but we don't have the the player back
1: and it's been tough to incorporate him in the offense like with Kyrie last year we had until at least February where he was able to kind of get his footing I mean Hayward if he would not have been injured I'm sure there would have been some wrinkles and some dry spells trying to figure it out last year without the injury and I think that's, all this is not maybe not this record to be expected, but looking back, I think we should have seen a slower start for Gordon Hayward on the bench than what we were expecting.
0: Yeah, so I think you know for him instead of whatever he's averaging now, which I think is around thirty minutes a game, that's too. Many. I think it should be around more like twenty. Yeah. Um.
1: Yeah. You Even know, those extra his, couple minutes to Smart or Jalen.
0: Give him to Smart. You know, this team already has too many players on it as mm-hmm. it is. I think that's a problem that you know, everybody's kind of starting to realize I mean, that
1: ro- that's, there's 10 people in that rotation that should be getting big time minutes. And that's, that's too many.
0: It is. It's, it's a very big rotation, you know, and you're not even getting guys off the bench like Shemi Ojale anymore. Mm-mm. That come in and just bust their ass. You know, everybody on this team is, yep. you know, expecting minutes, which, you know, it's an envious place to be, you know, for other teams, but it's not necessarily you, something you love having on your team right
1: now. Yeah. No, I, I agree this. Hopefully in the next year or so that will be able to shorten rotation. I think Rogier's time in Boston is pretty uh, limited.
0: Yeah, I think we both agree it's probably coming to an end. I'd be surprised if, if he's still playing for us past the February trade deadline. Really? I mean, if not, what are you going to do? You're just going to lose him, right? I know. But so the thing as is, much as they... I love Terry and I think – You know, he's a really good player for today's NBA in the way he's, like, shifty. He can defend a little bit, even though he hasn't been as good this year. He's still pretty quick twitch, jumps passing lanes. His shooting has gotten better over the years, Mm -hmm. on you know, off the dribble and from the catch. I'm not sure he's somebody that I see on this team in June.
1: Yeah, I think the only... I think the only thing is Danny might just want to keep this whole team together if they do start to figure it out because he's an important piece off the bench. I mean, in Kyrie's injury history, you never know. But, um, yeah, I, don't, I guess I don't disagree. The only thing is with Danny trade him at the February deadline, deadline knowing he's not getting peak value for Rogier.
0: That's true. That's true. But, well, I mean, at this point, are you really going to get peak value for anybody on this team with the no. amount of assets we have? I mean, that's kind of the position we've been in yeah. for the past couple of years where if we make a trade, we're kind of expected to give up too much yeah. almost because of the mm-hmm. amount of assets we have and surprisingly that's not something that happened in the Cleveland deal with Kyrie I know which, which was surprising but um, I think in any trade that the Celtics are involved in in the future um, you know I so I know you sent me that trade today from I don't remember where it was from but it was Marcus Morris for a year in a second oh, Volts, yeah. <laughs> and I was like is that really what people think we're gonna give up now? I know I, I know. mean
1: yeah that's Speaking of Morris, though, I think Morris might uh, outplay his contract, too, this this year. I think he might be in line. He's having such a good year. I think he might be due for a pay raise, and I'm not sure the Celtics are going to be in position to give it to him. Yeah,
0: Marcus Morris is another one where I'm not really sure what to do with him.
1: He's been their most consistent player this year, though. Because, night honestly, in, this year,
0: I know last year I was very down on him because he was you know, the guy that came in on the second unit and kind of stalled the offense, took yeah. a lot of you know, those mid-range fadeaway jumpers that we don't need. Mm-hmm. But this year, he's integrated – Perfectly I mean he has been exactly what the Celtics need off the bench in terms of scoring in terms of defense depending on the matchup he can d up a lot of different guys that might be you know size mis- mismatches for other teams he's done well with
1: he's a bulldog too I love that I love those guys that's what that's more what they need both Marcuses
0: so I'm not sure what they
1: do with Morris. I think he is on this team in June.
0: I don't oh, think yeah. they trade him away. No. And I think they try and maybe work out a deal. And maybe it doesn't work. And I'm maybe it doesn't
1: work, but maybe they make a run. Maybe he Maybe wants to be part of a winner. You know, he's been around the league for a while. Hasn't really played for a winner, has he? No, he played for Phoenix and He's played for Detroit, Detroit yeah. So, so yeah, no. not a
0: whole lot of playoff experience. And I think the fans teams.
1: really – I think the Boston fans have really started to embrace him too. And I think he, I think he started to embrace – boston so that could be something to look at if you would maybe want to come back if they pay him a little more but i think one more thing before we move on as well is i
0: think in terms of starting lineups i would like to see brad go back to starting aaron baines with those two big lineups i think so too i think that's the lineup change you make and then bring in smart as the first person off the bench because with our defense right now i think the size limitation we have with this lineup with this like I know it's probably outdated now, but the lineup of death kind of thing with yeah. Tatum at the four. I don't think that's like a regular season you can do that every game because I, I think it's going to physically take a toll on Tatum.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and I think that's I don't, why you he's see not big enough to
1: take the uh, pounding of playing the four every night.
0: Exactly, and I know Golden State isn't healthy right now, but when they're healthy, I think that's why you see them play guys like Damian Jones starting the game, mm-hmm. is because it gives you know Draymond that little bit of you know. Ease of the pressure of like Draymond's every quite a day bit having
1: to bang. Draymond's quite a bit thicker than uh, Tatum is too. Oh, absolutely!
0: Even more reason to do that, and also it helps. Right now, the rotations are a little slow with their help defense, so I think it'll help with that, giving them the additional length and shot blocking at the rim. Even though Aaron Baines, you don't think of him as like a defensive shot blocking
1: stud. I know you He's very good at yes. help defense. He takes I think- charges all the time. Always getting in the way of dunks. It's- I know. Ready. You
0: always see him on a poster, which <laughs> you might think is a bad thing, but actually it's it's honestly impressive how often Aaron Baines just like for. doesn't give a fuck and just goes up and just takes a poster from Giannis like a man.
1: Or Embiid or Gian- uh, Giannis, AD, whoever it is. We, we go down, down, down the list. list. I also like that. That's what they went with a lot uh, last year. And if Brad decided to roll with that, starting lineup change instead of the smart for Jalen, I, I would not hate
0: and it. And I think having that two big two might... Reboot this team back into that mentality that they had last year. Seeing those similar lineups and those rotations, mm-hmm. even though all these guys improved over last season, just having those similar similar rotations and minutes might just re-spark this
1: team, along yeah. with giving Marcus more minutes. Mm-hmm. I I definitely see where you're coming from with that. Baines I think does a lot of a lot of the stuff that you're talking about when you bring Smart in. He does like the intangibles, like solid defense, knows where to be, takes charges, uh, team plays that kind of thing. I think Baines gives you a lot of those same qualities.
0: Yeah, Marcus has really really impressed me the last couple weeks because I know at the beginning of the season we had talked and I was contemplating like, well, I almost feel like going forward maybe Rozier's a better fit for this team just because his game is better suited for the modern NBA. Marcus Smart can't consistently shoot. He's not a scorer. But I think in the last couple weeks it shows why the Celtics – paid him over yeah. Rozier and why they kept him this
1: offseason. Danny knew what he was doing when he gave Smart $54 million this offseason, that's for sure.
0: Exactly. I know and they had
1: some They had some beef this summer, too. There, I, there was never a day in my mind where I thought he wasn't going to be back.
0: No, I mean, I always thought he was going to be back, too, but I always questioned the decision on whether or not that would have been a good choice. But I think also another thing is his playmaking this year, I think, has gotten better.
1: Yeah, and I think you were saying today he still looks for his shot a little too much. I think he's gotten better this year, too. I think he's looking to, looking to pass more, maybe get in the post a little bit more. I like it when he does both of those things.
0: Yeah, if he does all those things, then then I'm happy with giving Marcus Smart 25, 27 minutes per game. Yeah. Okay, I think that's enough on the Celtics for now. I think we're going to move into a couple segments. We kind of have just general names for segments right now. We're going to try and, you know, kind of fine-tune these and narrow these down a little bit as we go. But first one, is he even good? So the idea of this is player very big you know repercussions or circumstances for them in terms of the team going forward and how they perform mm-hmm. so first one is Kirk
1: Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings are we
0: is Kirk Cousins good
1: I, th- I think he's good I don't think he's a quarterback he that's go gonna go out there and like win you a playoff game I think for him to be in that discussion, he needs a really good defense. Like we saw a couple years in Washington, they had a good defense. He made the playoffs. You know, the Vikings right, defense I mean, is good. This Vikings defense, isn't that technically
0: more talented than one he had in Washington? Yeah, and days? I
1: think it is definitely. And I think that's why they're in a position to make – I think they're a wild card right now. are right on the cusp of making a wild card. I think they'll end up finishing there. But I think without I think without that Vikings defense, and more average defense, I don't think Cousins will get you to the playoffs consistently.
0: I mean, this team right now, you we kind of look at it and, okay, they upgraded a quarterback. The defense is the same. They're still young and talented, but they're definitely underperforming for this year. 13th and 3 last year. You know, it's kind of hard to see what's going on. And I kind of point to, well, it's got to be Kirk because he's the biggest change for this team. Is it?
1: The defense has had some injuries. Xavier Rhodes, but now Anthony Barr's been out for a while and they did lose their offensive coordinator in the offseason, which I think is a little bit more of an underrated change than most people realize. But yeah, Cousins, I don't think has lived up to the contract so far. He's been fine. He's had a few turnovers. He hasn't looked great in the primetime games. I have to refrain from calling him the Andy Dalton of the NFC. We all know how you guys might know how I feel about Andy Dalton, but I think Cousins is fine. I don't think he's top ten. I think he's certainly above average though.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think he's just like you, I think he's fine, but I don't know if he gets Minnesota over the hump, which is unfortunate because I saw Minnesota last year and I was like, this is a fun team to watch. Mm -hmm. You know, having them in the NFC maybe to challenge the Rams because you know they're up and coming, and definitely this year the Rams have shown that they're very good. But I'm still not convinced by this team that they can make it even to an NFC Championship game this year.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't see that. I mean, I think the Bears are better. I think the Rams, obviously, but I think the Saints are unreal.
0: That's another thing; they haven't even won their own division,
1: Mm -hmm. especially with the Bears and
0: you know so much debate on whether or not Mitchell Trubisky is the right move for them going Mm -hmm. forward. He's played really well.
1: I mean. Yeah, no, they've looked good. Um, I think the Vikings shouldn't be worried yet necessarily that they gave uh, Cousins that contract for $75 million for four more years or whatever. But I think they definitely definitely are wanting to see a, him ignite a playoff run, maybe even win a playoff game before the season ends for them to, be, for them to feel really confident about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, we, we kind of got to see it, you know, for Vikings fans anyways, for, uh, for
1: Cousin Connor. <laughs> Cousin Connor, I think the sense I got from him talking in the last couple of weeks is that he still thinks Cousins could be the guy, but he he needs he better start showing something before this year ends that he can get it done when it matters. And how much
0: too is Dalvin Cook's injury like affecting this team? I don't because he's been out for a while. He hasn't been the same that he was. You know those glimpses we saw last year, I and don't I think they I, expected him to be. You know, one of the top rushers in the NFL this year. I think they
1: did, but at the same time, they were 13 3 last year and he tore his ACL. I think a lot of it, I think more of it's that defense hasn't been totally healthy, and I think the offense has lost a step with their um, OC Shermers now with the Giants. Yeah, Pat Shermer, I kind of forgot he was the offensive
0: coordinator last year.
1: Okay, also, they so they played, um, you finished first place. They play a first place schedule this year, so he draws. It's a tougher schedule. That's a good point. They have people... had a
0: pretty tough schedule. I mean, if we go through. At Green Bay, at L.A., at Philly, home for New Orleans, at Chicago, home for Green Bay. That's and tough. they play New England on the road this year. I was mentioned s- at Seattle the week after. So it's definitely been a tough schedule for the Vikings.
1: But at the same time, if you're going to pay Cousins this contract, you expect him to go out and get you some of those victories.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Next. All right, move on. The Second, is he even good? Dak Prescott. Now, this one's really interesting because of... I know you brought this to my attention at the beginning of the season really early on, is Dak either has to get paid or he has to be
1: go somewhere else. Basically, like basically yeah. Next year, he was not a first-round pick, so he doesn't have that fifth-year player option. So after this season, the Cowboys basically have to decide if they're going to extend him or if they're going to look for someone else. And there's no way they don't extend him now. I'm just not sure that's the right move. Since they've gotten Amari Cooper, he's looked really good. But I think that's the problem. I think the problem is Dak is always gonna look good when you have that perfect offensive line, that Zeke running back running like he's one of the best in the league. Those a true number one receiver like Amari Cooper, like he had with Des even. I think a lot of guys are gonna look good when you have that around him. I think Dak is not gonna look good when you don't have that around him. I feel the same way about Dak right now as I did four a month ago when they signed when they traded for Amari Cooper and they were three and six, whatever they were.
0: Yeah, I mean, luckily I think for Dallas, is with their identity, you don't need a hyper-talented quarterback for you to win games. But interestingly, through the first six games of the season, Dak had two, two 200-yard passing games. Mm-hmm. But he's had over 200 yards for the last five weeks, only one interception, and let's count six touchdowns in the last five weeks. That's pretty good for
1: Dak. And they've been they've been winning, and you said that uh, they don't need a super explosive quarterback to go out and uh, win games with the way they play. Yes, but I also I think I would disagree come the playoffs because look at the teams, not just this year, but for the next five years that are going to be the competition. You're going to have the Rams, obviously, with Goff, McVay, Gurley. You're going to have to score points to beat them. Same thing with the Saints. God knows how long Drew Brees is going to be around. Even the Niners could be a potential... A uh, playoff match Over the next couple of years With Jimmy G and Shanahan You're going to have to Put up points with them Yeah no, The Bears offense the direction the NFL is going, good You need a good quarterback I don't I feel know, confident In uh, Dak Outscoring Any of those guys In the playoffs
0: You know I'm not sure even That Dak is the biggest problem For the Cowboys right now And I think it's what They want to be moving forward If they want to be A Super Bowl contender Or if they just want to try And win the NFC East Every year And be in mm-hmm. the playoffs Because You look at You know that roster and that roster isn't necessarily a super bowl roster and neither is that scheme
1: and then you have a head coach and jason garrett and i don't even understand why he's still no i don't either i don't either i think i think jerry's definitely gonna pay Dak the money as a franchise quarterback i just think he's gonna he slash the cowboys are gonna regret in a few years
0: yeah yeah i agree with that it's gonna be tough i mean let's look we can look at the cowboys upcoming schedule i I mean, they're play at the Saints er yeah. yeah, at the Saints this week. That's gonna be a big game that I'm excited for, just to see.
1: Are you sure that's? It might be home actually. Is it home? Oh god, can't remember what I saw. Yeah, it on is my home. Bookie. My bad. Home. I don't think they win that. I don't think so
0: either. It is interesting though in terms of style matchups. If the Cowboys can control the clock. You know, maybe it's a close game at least. You know, and then finishing out the season, they have home against the Eagles at Indianapolis, home against the Bucks, and then at New York. So, not necessarily a super tough remaining schedule. You know, I mm. think... They, they
1: could take our business on that, though.
0: I think they probably end up winning the NFC East and getting into the playoffs. So I think so, too. More likely than not, Dak's going to get paid. But I think, I'm, I think I'm with you where
1: I'm not sure that's the right move. Yeah. Um, should be interesting. You know, they, like you said, he they can't, they can't, uh, doesn't have that player option. So Dak's gotta make that or Jerry's gotta make that decision uh this offseason. But looking back, it is looking hindsight twenty twenty, but it looks like they might have won that Amari Cooper trade. Yeah, I think that was a good trade. I, I was against it giving up a first round pick for Amari Cooper, but look that offense has looked like on a whole nother level since he got there.
0: I mean what, last week he had I think it was six catches for over a hundred yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, like
1: hundred and thirty eight or something.
0: That's crazy. So I think definitely a
1: a win for the the Cowboys. touchdowns were long touchdowns, too. He ran at least 60 yards around on both.
0: It definitely was a good move, you know, just getting Dak that help to see if he can at least be a competent quarterback, which I think we figured out that he is. You know, I think he's at least a guy that can get you eight wins every season, you know, as
1: his team is currently constructed right now. Yeah, I think he needs a lot of help, though.
0: Yeah, I think he's going to need a lot of help if they want to, you know, try and contend for a Super Bowl. Okay, so that is, is he even good? That's hopefully, you know, going to be one of the more consistent segments we have moving forward. Next, we're going to have Swallow the Mic, where we can go back and retake
1: some stupid shit that we said.
0: Yes, which will also probably be featured often. Especially for Jake. Especially for me. Hey, sometimes you just got to <laughs> do it. So for
1: me, it's going to be that the bangles were good. And I'm only laughing because I can't believe I ever said it. In fact, I believe he tried to tell you guys to bet on them for that game against the um, Chiefs on Sunday Night Football.
0: Actually, I don't think I – I don't know if I said that on the pod.
1: I think that was a different week. <laughs> ah, well, you definitely bet on the Chiefs that game. Or I the definitely did, that game. And the I also
0: Bengals definitely lost money. So that should have been the first sign. But I don't know. For some reason, I thought that, like – the Bengals had this thing figured out this year for
1: the first couple of weeks. And what did I tell you? I watched that every they, single time. They looked you said okay, it looked okay, I swear. <laughs> what did I tell you every single time you said that, Jake? What did I say? I know. I know, Like I said,
0: I'm swallowing the mic. Yep. I don't know why you put yep. a mic in front of my mouth anyways. Yep.
1: All right. You see, since Jake uh, came out and said that, I don't think I don't think mine's anywhere near as bad, <laughs> I will say. <laughs> hey, but hey, hey, hey. But the Panthers were 6-2, uh, had just beaten... The Bucks, who are not very good, um, had a couple nice wins. You know, I was thinking, I was thinking they were a real contender in the NFC. I was, I didn't put any money down or anything, but I was looking at, I was going to look at Super Bowl odds just to see, and then they go out and just lay an absolute stinker on Thursday Night Football. Put up, get scored fifty. That was tough put to up watch. Fifty in that game, it's and then they watch. go to Detroit, lose that. Funches has. 54 drops I don't even know how many that was also tough to watch I was not too happy sitting on that couch for that game and then they go host Seattle absolute must-win game not absolute must-win game but they're gonna be fighting against the Seahawks for playoff position they needed that tiebreaker and they go out and they lose to that partly because of injuries I think a lot of it should be on that coaching staff though I think there should be major major questions regarding that coaching staff I think Rivera is too conservative and I think there's always going to be a ceiling on that team as long as he's there and I think, I think if they don't make the playoffs this year, I think he's gone. This is
0: also a big concern of mine. Not because I care about the Panthers, <laughs> but because I care about my wallet. And I gambled over nine wins on the season, and now we have one loss left in the season. And they play the Saints twice. And they play the Saints twice. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm hoping the Panthers figure it out. So am I. And get
1: to 10-6 Super Bowl. and get me my money. And win the Super Bowl in the process. Yeah, that was a little far-fetched. I mean, I didn't think they're actually going to win a Super Bowl. I was just going to say there could be value.
0: I think the words did come out of your mouth, but we'll let it slide. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll wrap up. We'll do some picks for this week, uh, this weekend's games in the NFL. And let's just remind you that on the first podcast we did, episode one, go back and listen to it.
1: For we real. Went, For real.
0: Will went 11-0, and and I went 10-1 and on picks. And I think that one loss is because I picked the Bengals. It was. It so, definitely was. Listen to us. You will make money. Hopefully. More likely than not. I Unless that so. was just a
1: miraculously good week. I should have done a 12-team parlay that week. <laughs> I would be Sticking rich. it rich. I would be rich. All right. Let's get started.
0: We'll start with a Thursday night game. It's going to be the Saints at Dallas. Um, Saints are favored by seven. Who do you have?
1: Uh, The Saints Saints will win. Saints will win. I think the Cowboys – I think people are thinking the Cowboys are a little bit better than they actually are right now. I think the Cowboys are probably thinking they're a little bit better than they actually are right now. The Saints have been putting points up on anyone. The Cowboys defense is pretty good. Saints are going to go in there and win 34-23, 34-20. They're going to be double digits.
0: Yeah, I like the Saints too. I like the Saints in the spread. I think – over-under is interesting for me because I, I kind of feel like with the way Dallas plays, there's a chance that the Saints, even though they might be efficient and score on every drive they have, they mm-hmm. might not have that many drives against Dallas. Because I
1: agree. I agree.
0: Dallas is probably just going to try and run the ball and keep the ball out of the hands of Drew Brees. So if you're looking at the over-under, maybe teasing it up and taking the under as much as we hate taking Ooh. the under might not be a terrible idea. That, maybe yeah, that's I, might like
1: that. I might like that. Also, you know, I know uh, the last three or four weeks, we've seen all the reasons why the Cowboys maybe should pay Dak Prescott. This week, we're going to see why they shouldn't. He's going to get in a shootout with Drew Brees, and he's not. I don't think he's going to be able to be even really all that competitive. I think Drew Brees is going to come and pretty quickly show which is a better team here.
0: Absolutely agree with that. All right, first game on Sunday. We're going to have Indianapolis at Jacksonville. Indy's favored by five.
1: What do you think? Indy by five all day. The Jags are a lock room in turmoil. Jalen Ramsey can't be controlled. The defense is good. I mean, they're starting Cody Kessler this week. The Jags are starting Cody yeah, Kessler? Yeah, they bench portals. Really? Yeah, so it's a Ke- Kessler against Andrew Luck. I'm going to take Andrew Luck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to take
0: Jacksonville plus five, but now that I've learned that Cody Kessler is the starting quarterback, I will also take Indy mi- minus five. And the only reason why I said that is because it's in Jacksonville – a couple weeks ago, they played each other, and it was actually a close game. Colts played Miami at home last week and still only won by, I don't know, what the final score was. They had needed a game-winning field goal to end the game. So I was going to jump on the Jags, but forget it. I'm taking the Colts.
1: Blake Bortles blames, quote, poor execution for his benching. So Oh, boy. Yeah.
0: All right. Um, Panthers at Tampa Bay. Panthers are only favored by four
1: points. I would feel better if it was three. But I'm still taking the Panthers. I think they're going to come in after a three-game losing streak. I think Rivera knows his job's on the line. I think he's going to have his guys motivated. I think the defensive coordinator knows his job's on the line, as it should be. Eric Washington, hopefully. I could see a bad, a really bad effort. I could see him maybe getting fired come Monday. But uh, I think the Panthers are going to come in and look more like the team we've seen the first eight weeks than the last three.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you. I think the Panthers have this.
1: I would take the four points, too. Tampa Bay is such a weird team. I it mean, is. It is Jameis this weekend again. Yeah, Jameis. He no. didn't throw any picks last week, so I think he's. I think that means he's due for about nine of them on Sunday. <laughs> we can only hope. We can only hope. Prop bets. Prop bets. Prop bets. Yeah, take it. Take a look. Jameis over five picks. Over whatever the amount is. Alternate lines anything. Um. All right. Baltimore at Atlanta. Falcons favored by one. So basically a pick, and This was a really tough game for me. I. I really have no clue. I went with Atlanta I just because they're at home, and I think, uh, I think it'll be very high scoring. I think the uh, Falcons, the Falcons' defense is terrible, but I think at the one, at the end of the day, one of the quarterbacks can throw, one of the other, one of the quarterbacks can't. As much as I hate to say it, I think I'm rolling with Matt Ryan and the Falcons this week. Let's just not forget how much Will hates Matt Ryan, I and how hard that must have been I for him to say. Matt Ryan, and if and if they go out there and blow it, I actually I hope they go out there and blow it. I hope they lose by thirty. I hope I'm wrong. There it is. I there, hope I'm wrong. There's the old will.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough because I can see this game going two ways. Yeah. I can see it going, you know, Atlanta puts up a ton of points and Lamar can't keep up. Yeah. And I can also see Matt Ryan throwing four picks against the Baltimore's defense. I think I'm going to take Baltimore plus one. I kind of like what Baltimore is doing with having Lamar Jackson and Gus Edwards who came out of I nowhere. Know. Who's and their Gus running game now Looks ridiculously only- good.
1: The only thing is I'm still not certain Lamar Jackson should be starting in uh, Baltimore. I am worried about his long-term health if they're going to continue to put him out in these positions. I mean, he's running the ball 20 times a game, doesn't have the same body type as Cam, and he's taking hits.
0: I don't know. I like it. I think I'm still going to take Baltimore in the points. I think they're the better team. I know they're on the road. I can see the Falcons winning this game, so I think it's kind of a stay away. But if I have to pick, I think I'm going to take Baltimore plus one. Yeah, this
1: is. I could definitely see Baltimore winning this game. I am staying away.
0: Okay, next game up, Cleveland
1: at Houston. Houston's favored by six. Interesting game. Interesting game. Houston's playing really, really good football. Is that eight in a row now? hmm Eight wins in a row. I'm taking, I'm taking Houston. I think the Browns, a little cocky. Baker's been good lately. They've played the Chiefs, uh, the Falcons, and who did they just beat? Three of the worst defenses in the NFL. Three of the worst defenses in the NFL. I think he's feeling probably a little bit good about himself. Same thing with the Browns. Uh, Texans, better team, better quarterback, better defense, six points.
0: It's tough because I'm trying to find when this Houston streak is going to end because I don't think they win out the rest of the season. Not me either. But also their schedule is not very difficult. Not at all. And I think they still win this game. I'm still going to take Houston minus six. You know, maybe Cleveland can come in and upset them because their defense is a little better than maybe what Houston has seen. Mm-hmm. You know, I know Tennessee had a chance to win that or get back into that game at the beginning of the fourth quarter on Monday night and Houston's on a short week, but I just still don't see it. I still think Houston wins. I'll take Houston by six. And next, Buffalo at Miami. Miami's favorite by four and a half. The game no one should give a fuck about.
1: Yep, don't bet on this game. If you really do want to bet on this game, I would take the bills, take the points. I have no idea how this game is going to go. I could probably something like 21-17, 24-20 maybe. Low-scoring three or four-point game. Take the points
0: this game is like betting on this game is like throwing shit against the wall and see if it sticks yep. like i don't even know take the bills plus four and a half i guess if you're insane i don't even i don't know i'm i've never bet on miami and i don't think i'm ever going to
1: nope nope
0: doesn't just doesn't make much sense yep moving on all right denver at cincinnati denver's favored by five
1: denver the last couple of weeks beaten the steelers and the chargers two really good wins um the Bengals the Bengals are not good. The Bengals no longer have Andy Dalton. Starting Jeff Driscoll. Yep. Uh Broncos minus five. Yep. I'm, surpi- I'm kinda surprised Same. it's not more. Yeah, honestly, me too. Maybe because it's, it's a rogue game. I don't
0: know how well Denver travels, but definitely take Denver. Better defense. The Bengals better just quarterback, got surprisingly, with Casey. Ban- and the Bengals just got a house by
1: the Browns last week. That's who the Browns played. The Bengals. Yep.
0: Definitely take Denver minus five. That that's actually a pretty good p- pick. I might look at that. Spread for a long time. Yep. This this uh these next few days.
1: Yep. And then we're gonna have Rams at Detroit. Rams favored by ten. I'm going Detroit here. I think this is a classic. Great. I think this is a classic backdoor cover stat pad for a game. I think ten points is a lot. I think the the Rams defense has not been very good the last two weeks, and that it's on the road. I don't think the. I'm, no way am I saying the Lions are gonna win, but I think it'll be something like. 34, 27, 31, 23, something like that. I don't think it'll be. I don't think it'll get to 10 points.
0: That's interesting. I could see that, but I think I'm still going to take Rams minus 10.
1: I don't blame anyone for betting on the Rams.
0: No. I think the Lions are just a dumpster fire right now. I carry, don't, carry on
1: supposedly is
0: going to be back this week. Also off an injury, though, and you know say what you want about the Rams defense. Their run defense still should be pretty decent. They still have Aaron Donald out the middle, so I'm still going to take the Rams. It would surprise me if Detroit covered um, – but, yeah, in terms of this game, I'm just going to take with what I know, and I know the Rams are good. So Rams minus 10. Last last 1 o'clock Eastern game, Arizona at Green Bay.
1: Green Bay favored by 14. What do you think? This one I also thought about similarly like I thought about the um, Lions-Rams. I, I'm going to go with the Packers here. I think Rodgers is here in the criticism. I think they're going to come out. The Cardinals have been just awful this year. They just lost forty-five to ten to the Cardinals or to the Chargers. I think I think Packers at home take care of business. Is Rosen starting for the Cardinals this week? I think so. He is thirty-four seventeen or something. Thirty-four fourteen.
0: I'm actually I want to take Arizona plus fourteen. You know, this is probably actually a game where I'd tease it still. Yeah. Maybe maybe even a ten point teaser. I would throw Arizona in there, but I think. You know, I don't think the Cardinals are going to win, but I think they can keep it within two touchdowns, maybe a ten-point game. I just haven't seen anything from Green Bay that shows me that they're a good team. I mean, yeah, they have Aaron Rodgers, great, fine. Yeah. I mean, but what Aaron Rodgers hasn't even shown that he can win you every like important games this year, mm-hmm. let alone you know maybe this is just the one that just blows Green Bay up. Mike, yeah. McCar- Mike McCarthy gets fired next week, and Green Bay's out of the playoffs. I can totally see that happening this week. You know. If they get upset by Arizona, and I think Arizona can keep it within two touchdowns.
1: So McCarthy knows his job's on the line this week. I think he has his guys motivated. I'm taking the Packers. I don't feel super great about it, but I would probably feel better. i feel better if it was even a 13.5, honestly, or 13. Yeah, a few more points. That's why Vegas is Vegas,
0: though. I know. All right, we'll get into the 4 o'clock games. Chiefs at the Raiders. Chiefs favored by
1: 15.5. The ch- Chiefs. I'm taking the yes. Chiefs. Roll the points. Take it twice. I know. Yeah, the Raiders the Raiders can't move the ball. They can't stop anyone.
0: The Raiders um, are not Chiefs, good.
1: Chiefs coming off a bye. Yes. Oh, the Rams are coming off a bye, too. I just, I did yes. just remember that. I don't know if that changes my pick, but it might.
0: Yeah, still take Chiefs minus 15 and a half. Chiefs, I don't even think it's that close. No, no. Over 55 and a half. Tempting. I think it's going to be a blowout, probably. I think so, too. 31-14, something
1: like that. All right,
0: next one. Jets at Tennessee. Tennessee favored by 7.5.
1: This, for me, is kind of similar to the uh, Bills, Dolphins, where I really just don't know what's going to happen. The Titans sometimes look like world beaters. Sometimes they look like a bottom five team in the NFL. 7.5 points is a lot. I'm taking the Jets at plus 7.5, but I think the Titans probably win somewhere in the range 28, 24, a four- or five-point game, but I'm taking the points. Sam Darnold did
0: return to practice today, I think. I don't know if that means he's going to start. But either way, I think I'm going to take Tennessee. I'm going to take Tennessee minus 7.5. If I'm actually gambling on this, I'm going to move the line, and I'm not going to take it at 7.5. Yeah. But I think Tennessee is just a better team. I think Mariota is still a good quarterback, and I think they've had a tough last couple weeks in terms of opponents. You know, I'm still going to take Tennessee. There's still aspects of this team that I like, and the Jets, I just haven't seen anything from, honestly. You know, if Josh McCown has to start again, or even if it's Darnold off an injury, mm-hmm. I don't feel good about either of those. I'm going to take Tennessee. Um, let's do 49ers at Seattle. Seattle favored by 10 and
1: a half. Uh, I'm going to Seattle. 49ers have mayhem at the quarterback position. Defense is bad. Uh, that Ruben Foster is just a mess, that whole situation. Seattle, Russell Wilson's playing awesome football. Went on the road in Carolina, beat a pretty desperate Panthers team last week. Uh, they get him at home, double digits, they'll roll.
0: Yeah, this is the exact right matchup for Seattle. You know, a team that doesn't play good defense in their office and is kind of hit or miss, and Seattle's a good defense. So I'm going to take Seattle minus 10.5. I don't think it's that hard of a pick, honestly. Yeah, I don't either. Um Final 4 o'clock game. We're going to have Vikings at the Patriots. Patriots favored by 5.
1: I actually just flipped on this. Uh, I think I'm going to take the Vikings. I don't think the Vikings win. I think Sunday night – or uh, not Sunday night. I think those Sunday games, uh, those afternoon games in Foxborough are going to be tough. It is in Foxborough, right? Yep. Yeah, I think I think it's close. I think it's real close. I think the Pats pull it out maybe 31-27, 31-28. I just don't. I don't think this is the kind of game Kirk Cousins is going to go on the road and win. But I think it'll be. I think it's close.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm not concerned about this game, but I can see the Pats losing this game. But even with that said, I'm going to take Pats minus five. I think the Pats just have an extra gear that they hit when it's a prime time game or even one of those late afternoon four o'clock yeah. games. Yeah. So I think they know that this is an important game for them. They struggled last week against the Jets. They're still only a couple of weeks off of that Tennessee loss, and I think they have. I think they have to get their shit together this week and figure out if they can beat good teams like Minnesota.
1: They do. This is a big week for them, I think.
0: It is a really big week. I think this game is going to show me a lot because this Patriots team I've really kind of struggled with this year in terms of how good is this team, um, you know, are the holes that we might have a big enough problem where we might not get back to the Super Bowl again. Um, so I think this, this week is going to tell me a lot about that. And I, I still like them in this game. I think they can still win by six seven points i think it's gonna be close yeah but i think the patriots can either get a late touchdown where they win um you know maybe maybe minnesota covers and it kills me but i'm gonna take pats at home in a in a late late game with only five points
1: i'm gonna say i think it's gonna be relatively low scoring i think that pats are gonna have some hard times moving the ball but yeah brady's brady he'll pull it out in the end cousins probably won't
0: all right, primetime game, 8 o'clock. Really good one this week. We're going to have the Chargers at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is favored by three.
1: Uh, Pittsburgh, I think Pittsburgh probably wins by a touchdown. I have no faith. I mean, the Chargers are good. I have no faith in them going on the road, beating a good playoff team. Pittsburgh's been there before. They lost to Denver last week. they going to come out motivated. Big Ben after that god-awful interception that cost me money. Hopefully will come out motivated and be better than he was. Chargers on the road like to find ways to lose. Steelers by three. Another thing is Melvin Gordon is
0: injured for this game. Mm-hmm. I think, honestly, that could be a rallying point for this team. It's a huge game for this team. They've already lost. You know, each game they've lost this year has been a really important game. I think they get their shit together. Right now, I trust Philip Rivers more than I trust Ben Roethlisberger. I do, too. I'm going to take Chargers and the points. You really? Know, if you can move it and get it within a field goal, I think that's even better. Even just half a point, do it. I'm going to take the Chargers, and I think they can win this game.
1: Really? I think I'm picking Steelers. Steelers win by five.
0: Interesting. I think the Chargers' um, defense is pretty good, too. You know, I think it's better than what the Steelers have. Um,. Okay, we'll do the last game, and then we'll wrap this thing up. We have Washington at Philadelphia. Philadelphia favored by six and a half.
1: That is way too many points, right? Too many. Yeah, that's way too many points. Uh, Congrats, Philly beat the Giants know, by three. I know. Barely. And apparently, and they did win the Super Bowl last year in case you in case you hadn't hurt. still a Super Bowl hangover action there. But uh, take Washington. With the yeah, it's Washington plus six. Do it.
0: I know Colt McCoy is a quarterback, but Washington's just a better football team right now, and Jake Gruden's still a good coach. Take Washington. I don't know. We're down. (laughs) (laughs) At this point, I don't even know what to make of Philly. Uh, One thing, too, that I forgot to mention for the last game, over under 52, take the over. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, charges against the Steelers.
1: Yeah. Over 52, I'm right there with you. You can
0: tease it down. We've been big on teasers lately. Yeah. Do that shit.
1: Easier to win money.
0: All right, I think that's it. I think that's it for today. Got to pod back out. We're up on Apple Podcasts now. Yes. Check it out there. Subscribe to it so you can get it every week. Winter break. I don't know what we're doing. We'll figure something out. We're going to try and maybe pre-record some podcasts and maybe have those and stagger them while we get out, while we are away.
1: Yeah, we live on the opposite, opposite ends of the country here. Uh-huh.
0: So we haven't really figured out how to do the whole, like, phone podcast thing yet. No. I know some people do that. We don't know how to do that. Um, so, yeah, check At it out. At some point,
1: we'll have people to do that for us. At some
0: point, we will. But right now, we don't. We're going to try and still have some content over winter break. So we don't have such a long layoff like we did this time. Um, but yes, check us out on Apple Podcasts. Check us out on SoundCloud. Subscribe to both of those or follow, follow the Twitter. Follow Twitter at underscore studio2209. And follow, I don't know, either of us. I'm Jake underscore
1: Malivi. Uh, Will underscore heart too.
0: You know, we'll be putting out some of the episodes every now and then on ours to try and, you know, get this thing jump started. But
1: that's it. That's it. Get the fuck out of here. back.